You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Sovereign Self is about individual empowerment and freedom. In exploring this sovereign self, our discussions will encompass self-love, oneness, and diverse spiritual understandings as life is a journey of expansion which never ends. Join author Martin Neil Campbell, trainer and business facilitator Karen Murphy, and spiritual archaeologist Ron Mayer as their discussions help lead their listeners into an ever-expanding journey of peace, love, joy, and freedom to become who you desire and be your sovereign self. Welcome to Sovereign Self. I am your host, Martin Neil Campbell, and your two miraculously fabulous and absolutely divine co-hosts are Ron Mayer and Karen Murphy. Say hello to our listeners, Karen. Hello, everybody. Hello, folks. Yes, and welcome back. We do appreciate you listening in more than you know. And we hope you do get something out of the program because, you know, there's a lot of stuff we put in all over the map. And as always, as we keep saying, we'd love you to go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash sovereign self, and put in your comments, questions, what have you. Doesn't matter. If you disagree with us, put it in. If you agree with us, great whatever. So please do. Just take a minute to do that and we'll say hello back and start a conversation. For this program, I thought we'd focus <laughs> on the positive. One of the things about focusing on the positive is that when you do the reverse and you focus on the negative, you actually bring out negative energy. When you focus on the negative, you are not bringing positive energy into yourself. You're actually creating an energetic field of more negative energy. So when people say focus on the positive, it has repercussions because when you do focus on the positive, you bring in more positive energy and that is what you bring in and put out the more you do it. But exactly true for the negative. If you focus on the negative, that's what you bring in and that's what you put out. We often say you have to observe the negative. You don't have to wallow in it, go into it too deep, but you do have to observe it, recognize it and have the aim in your consciousness to heal it. Quite often these days, what's happening is, with all the election furor and everything else that's going on, everyone is just focusing on the negative. And if they're not focusing on the negative, they're trying to bring the negative pieces of what they, they call negative and what they don't like to everyone else's attention. And we see it in the media all the time. They're always focusing on controversial statements or what someone said that someone else said was appalling and can you believe it and what a horrible person. All we do is spiral down this negative path and positive just gets lost and more lost. And one of the things about that is what's happening these days, and we've mentioned it before, is people with the energies coming in and what's happening to humanity is we're beginning to awaken. But what happens with being awakened is you're more observant. You're more aware of things. So you're more aware of the negative that you might not have been aware of before. And when you become aware of negative things that you never even occurred to you before, that someone is doing that is harming us or harming other people, once that gets into your psyche and you look at it, of course, your loving center will go, that's not right. We shouldn't be going down that route. Mm -hmm. But then we just focus on the negative and scream about it. What we really have to do, and that's part of moving into your sovereign self, is we have to look at the negative, 
Then we recognize what it is. We recognize where it's coming from. We recognize why it's causing us harm. Then we have to say, what can we do to change that so it doesn't cause harm anymore? What can we change in that process? What can we change in what they're doing? What can we stop that causes the negativity? If it requires another process that will bring in more positiveness to help people, that's the way our minds need to go. So when we say focus on the positive, it's really focusing on not just the positive, but it's focusing on the positive solutions as well. Right. We're beginning to realize this, that we're awakening and there's all this negativity and people are getting more and more angry. Mm -hmm. And it's certainly obvious out there at the moment that a lot of people are getting very angry about a lot of things. But the question does come down to, what do you want? Do you want all the negativity? Do you want the animosity? Do you want the riots? Do you want things to fall apart? I would think not, but that's your answer, whatever it is. I personally would say, no, I wouldn't want to go there. So what do I want? I want to be able to look at these problems that are being brought up. And I want to be able to sit down and say, okay, how do we solve them in a beneficial and positive way, rather than just putting out hate get rid of them, kill them, whatever. Well, how can we work together to change a lot of our negatives uh, into what we truly do want? And I think that for most people, what they want would be a positive outcome that benefits everybody. Right. Now, of course, if you're in the negative mode, you might be just trapped in that and just see hate everywhere and anger. But that's what you have to move out of because your awareness is bringing it to you but it's not bringing it to you to wallow in the negative. It's bringing it to your attention so you can look at it and say, what should we do now that's better than that? And that's where being your sovereign self moves you out into that position. That is more or less the topic for the evening, and it could go anywhere. But I brought up, obviously, some of the bigger pieces at the moment, which is the politics and the way media and everyone else is just focusing on the negative and why I think that is a dangerous thing to do for if you want to have any benefits to our society or humankind. Right. So I'll throw that out there and say, anyone have any comments? Uh, Karen? I said I'd do that, didn't I? <laughs> you did. <laughs> and, and actually, Martin, that was an awesome introduction, and I actually do have several comments, but Ron, I will, I will give you an opportunity to chime in as well. Okay. When we talk about our sovereign self, I often think about coming from your heart center, as Martin always talks about. So when we speak in this topic of focusing on the positive, I also believe that positivity comes from within. So I'd like to take an approach of when you come from within and you are a positive person and you think in terms of positivity, you know, the old cliche is the cup half full or half empty. I tend to think about the cup being half full. And I believe that when we look at things that are going on in the world around us, politics, religion, whatever it happens to be, if we can focus, at least this is for me personally, if we can focus or focus on focus, if we can focus on being a positive individual and coming from your heart center, and it doesn't mean that everything is a bed of roses, because in fact, we live in a, in a life that is not in this reality, all a bed of roses. But if you have a positive outlook and you come from that piece, then if you think about it in terms of each of us having a unique perspective, 
for example, what comes to mind is, for me, I'm a, I'm a sunshine kind of girl. I love the bright sunshine. People will often say to me, my goodness, it's beautiful out. Why are you inside cleaning? And my answer is because I love the energy from the sunshine, from the brightness, and therefore I feel more invigorated to do something. On a rainy day, however, you're going to find me curled up on the couch with a blanket, just chillaxing. However, that's my perspective. What if I was a farmer? Then the rainy days are my sunshine because that's what helps my crops to grow. So I think of it in terms of what is the positivity from within you, within your unique perspective, and then we can take that into the rest of the world. So I'm not suggesting that we ignore negativity and, you know, put our heads in the sand and turn a blind eye. Because as Martin said, there's a lot going on in the world that is not so perfect today. And we can't sit quiet. And my thought process around it, listening to Martin's introduction is acknowledge within yourself what you believe to be negative or not moving towards the greater good for all. And then coming from your heart center, Start finding solutions. Start thinking about what is it that I can do? What is it that we can do collectively to move in the right direction? Focusing on what someone said or did, whether it be politically, religiously, at work, relationships in your own backyard, does not actually move it to a better space. It just becomes a whole lot of griping. So it's about thinking a little bit further and saying, gee, I want to come from my heart center. I want to be positive. What is it I'm hearing that doesn't resonate with me? And how can I turn that into a positive or at least start a dialogue and use my voice to create that collaboration amongst others to move into more positive solutioning? Very good. Now, from my point of view, Martin, Karen, you were both right in what we're seeing is a is a tremendous revealing of negative stuff that's that's being brought forward. The, mm-hmm. the whistleblowers have never been more popular these days because, in effect, what they're doing is they're telling it like it is. They're revealing what the people we have been we have put in power what it is that they've truly been up to, mm-hmm. you know, behind closed doors and not willing to share with the rest of the world. So now we have a huge amount of of, of people simply waking up. Yeah, um, part of the awakening. Part of the awakening. And one of the patterns that I saw when I went through my preliminary stages of awakening as an individual was that for the first two to three years, there was so much of myself that was held in denial, so much of the nastiness that I didn't want to look at, that when I first awoke, there was this urge to look at everything and to begin to to try to heal it. Now, this is where it took my attention to the extreme negative stuff in my life. When you're healing something and you're looking at the negative aspects in your life, you can do it in a a two-pronged method, I say. The first is, yes, you can look at the negative stuff and with the intent that you're going to heal it. But the healing in this regard would obviously be in the form of self-forgiveness. However, you're still needing to move forward. What is your vision going to be? And a vision is, is always generated from a positive frame of mind. So the two-prong effect would be, obviously, is to, while you're looking at the negative aspects of what you're, you're wanting to heal, you're doing so in order to bet, have a better vision as to where you're wanting to go. 
So right now, what I'm seeing is, is happening in the United States is many, many, many people are stuck in the looking at the negative aspects and not necessarily with the aim of healing. Most uh, people who have gone through an awakening have usually had a spiritual bent towards it where they've had some spiritual nourishing to help them with moving forward. Many of these people are simply becoming more aware. This is what's happening with the awakening is people's awareness is being increased. But that doesn't necessarily mean that their spiritualness is being increased. It just means that they're being able to see behind the veil easier. Mm -hmm. And if they're looking behind the veil and all they can see is the corruption and the nastiness that has been our politics for the better part of decades, it's very easy to get trapped and overly focused and obsessive about that negative stuff. This is what I believe is happening in the United States right now. With Trump, for instance, who has a tendency to say it like it is. He doesn't He doesn't restrict anything that comes out of his mouth sometimes, and that can be a little bit dangerous at times. And he actually has a tendency to express what people are feeling, but yet he doesn't have a wise course of action as to how to heal the whole situation, which is, is logical and which is safe. The wall, for instance, that he wants to construct, who's going to pay for that? I mean, he, he was suggesting that it might be the Mexicans that pay for it. Well, it, what happens if the Me Mexicans don't want to pay for the wall? Who is going to pay for it? He may have a business acuity, which sometimes, as far as I can see, doesn't always pan out, but he lacks the statesman qualities of someone that I would want in the position of president. And here, he, his international platform isn't as healthy as I would wish it could be. He doesn't offer enough in the way of a vision or a better tomorrow for me to say, okay, maybe he doesn't have some value here. I would need to see a lot more in that regard. And right now, most of the visions that are coming out are still based on the old paradigm. We still know, don't have any politician out there yet who is offering a vision for the future one who will actually take in hand the oil cartels and let's get these free energy systems out there. A, a politician who will look at the whole extraterrestrial agenda and the involvement that the Illuminati have been involved with the extraterrestrials for eons and let's say, let's have this disclosure. Let's put it out there. There are many other countries in the world that are virtually on that fence right now and the United States is, one, is going to be, as far as I can see, one of the last countries to do so. The platforms that are being presented today are still reflective of the old way of thinking. And when I look at that, and the old way of thinking is falling apart so fast, this is one of the reasons why the election campaign down in the United States appears to be a circus rather than something to be taken seriously. Well, you can't fix a problem by going back to the same old solutions you always tried that caused the problem. Exactly. And that's what seems to be happening. People are, like you said, Trump is recognizing what some of the problems are and what people are angry about, but seems to be going back to the old solutions that just won't solve it. Mm -hmm. There's not much difference between the a lot of the parties in that direction. I mean, if you look at, and, and you've said it before, is when you look at the whole banking uh, subprime mortgage and the billions and billions they took. Yes. Obama got in promising that he'd do something about that, and there's been mm -hmm. very little of anything done. In fact, the banks are even bigger today than they were in 2008. Yeah. 
it's the same old, same old from everyone. And exactly. I know that Trump has a, an edge in some circles because he's saying what everyone has been afraid to say or afraid to look at. <laughs> but as good as that is in bringing things to people's attention, his solutions are still the old method. Yes. They're their yeah. power and might and well and segregation on people and, and yes. we know that doesn't work. It never yeah. has and never will. That's right. He still he still holds the old values of the old paradigm, which no longer they're the illusions. They no right. longer function any longer. We yep. need someone in the United States to step forward and begin to reveal some of these things. Uh, the new technologies that have been suppressed, for instance, all of this, we need someone who's going to do something with that rather right. than cower under the forces behind the curtain that continue to pull the strings. Yeah. Right. And from that perspective, as our sovereign selves, the thing that we can do is speak our voice, take action in a positive manner, and move away from that segregation so that if, if enough people speak their own personal voice collectively for positivity, then it starts to break down that segregation. Mm -hmm. So to your point, Ron, when you're talking about the, the, you know, the Mexican wall and who's mm -hmm. going to pay for it, the we, they, it's starting to be a lot, it's moving towards, or I believe we need to move towards that collective thought process mm -hmm. for the greater of, good. Yeah. That was one of the things that I loved about Ron Paul's campaign, although he was an imperfect man, there was still much about his campaign that I truly admired. And one of them was that he wanted a much, much smaller government and one a government that did not hold your hand from cradle to the grave. The way to get a true candidate is by becoming your sovereign self. If everybody became their sovereign self, the people that we would put into power would reflect that. So this is where the answer lies. It's in the development of the sovereign self, each and every individual. Once we reach that magic 100th monkey number, this is when we will actually put forth a candidate that will actually speak to some of the things that we envision. But at this point, we're not quite there yet, I don't think. No. And unfortunately, it's at a crucial point. So it's very interesting. Oh, yes. As I've said earlier, this is the final election with regards to the old and the new paradigm. This is the shift that's going to be taking place. This is, this is why, well, we still have it up until November, so there's a lot that can happen between now and November. And therefore, we all have, as individuals, a role to play. Absolutely. And what is that role? And in terms of our, our show this evening, it's about where is the positivity? Where is the solution finding? Yes. As opposed to the individual bashing. In an instance where you do not believe in a particular candidate's, when we're talking about politics, a particular candidate's platform, you're allowed to speak up and speak out from a factual perspective. Absolutely. That's not negative. That is speaking your voice. A lot of people that perceive it as being, oh, if I'm not agreeing, therefore I'm being negative. I actually believe if you're not agreeing and you're speaking out with potential solutions and potential ways of doing things differently, you are not becoming part of the problem. You are starting to start the conversation that will be collaborative in finding the solutions. Absolutely. And this is the time to act now. Yes. And people, even from a strict understanding and constitutional point of view, if you're speaking out and you're 
not agreeing with other people around you. Freedom of speech should still exist. Why is everyone afraid of freedom of speech now? It's they're afraid of freedom of speech because they may find that there's people there that can punch holes in what they're trying to tell people to do and point out a different way, a more positive way. When people rally against others that don't agree with them, that just shows the weakness on that side because you may not agree with them, but as soon as you won't let them speak and try and understand, then you're not opening up your mind, you're not being positive, and you're certainly not being a sovereign self. Mm-hmm. Well, we've often talked about there is no right, wrong, black, right. white, there's gray, there's indifference. And it's when, to your point, Martin, when people are squashed from actually speaking their voice and freedom of speech, we lose the ability to find those better solutions. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I've always said right and wrong are truly not the correct way to phrase that. Exactly. The joyful and the sorrowful. One, that's more along the lines of where I would tend to go with that. Joyful and sorrowful is not judgmental in that it doesn't say one is better than the other. It's just one, which one would you prefer to embrace in your life? Which one brings you joy? Which one brings you peace? Peace, joy. Some people like having the the sorrow and the misery and, you know, and the melancholy and that type of thing. If that is where they are wanting to go, if they want a, a world where there's constant strife and battling in order to prove who's better than, then by all means, go for it. But truly, right and wrong, that oh, those, those are such divisive terms that have a tendency to create wars. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and I mean, at the end of the day, are you coming from your heart center or are you just perpetuating drama for drama's well, sake? When you label something as being wrong, you're not, you're not allowing it to exist. And in exactly. the world of free choice, everything is to be allowed. So agreed, you, yeah. You, but that is a hard concept because most people will think they allow the negativity that somehow they're embracing it or endorsing it. And it does not mean that. But it does mean that in a world where there is such heavy negativity, what you're wanting to endorse, you better speak up about it. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. because hey, silence could very well mean that you're tacitly agreeing to the negativity. Exactly. Right. And that, you know, that's what I'm saying. There there is no right, there is no wrong. There's that piece in between that says, let's talk about it. Let's collaborate. Yeah. And that's, and as I've said before, the sovereign self, this is the key to it all. It Mm. always has been. It always will be. It is an individual's ascent into their godship, which will heal everything. Yeah. There's no other way around this. There is no alternative to where we're wanting to go. Well, and you know, an example just popped into my mind about how people won't give up certain things. Mm. And the prime example that comes to mind for me is there was a great statement when the United States had more power and other countries weren't creeping up on them from an economic and powerful point of view. And they were by far the most powerful nation on earth, although they still are. People used to use the excuse, might is right. Mm. Because they always used to dance to the tune that, well, if you disagree with us, we can squash you. And we know where that's led. It's led to world strife, wars, everything else. It has led to nothing productive whatsoever. But I always find it interesting that we contradict ourselves on one simple front. We have so many campaigns now 
that are against bullying in the schoolyard. That when you have a bully in the schoolyard, and let's just use a little stereotypic example here, you have a kid that is larger, more powerful, a little more angry than others, and they believe they can gain power by controlling other kids through fear or taking their lunch money, and otherwise they'll threaten violence on them or gang up on them or what have you. This whole bullying thing everyone says is horrible. We shouldn't agree to it. It shouldn't continue. You should speak up about it. It's about time we stomped it out because it isn't right. And yet, where did it come from? I think it came from a country's mantra of might is right. Because if you don't agree with it in the schoolyard, how do you agree with it in the world's backyard? And yet, that's where everyone seems to head to. We're the most powerful. We're the richest. We should get our way. Isn't that exactly what a bully is in a schoolyard? Mm -hmm. Do people never even make that connection? They don't. Absolutely, Martin. Good point. Absolutely. It also involves the concept of uh, there is not enough in the world, and so you have to compete for it. Right. That might is right, meaning that they have the right to be able to go and take something from somebody because there's only a a limited amount, and it's Darwin's theory of survival, the fittest, you know, the fittest will survive type of thing. And so obviously that led to might is right being the right way to go. Mm Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I, I'll let people think about it. In my mind, I would say it definitely is not. No. I, I mean, that that's how Hitler, putting his arms together and convincing people, tried to take over the world. Mm-hmm. He had mm-hmm. the army and the might. So, you know, Napoleon had tried to do the same thing. They all tried to do the same thing. No matter how subtly you do it, or no matter how forcefully you do it, whether it's like a Napoleon or a Hitler and try and take over other countries, or you do it on a more subtle basis by threatening in the background diplomatically and cutting off trade and doing this and doing that. Mm-hmm. It's all amounts to the same thing. All you've gotten to be is a little more devious and skilled about it. Exactly. And where has that gotten us? Nowhere. This is the t- Right, <laughs> exactly. And Ron, I think you were talking about it earlier, and, and Martin, yourself as well. This is the period of awakening. And are we going to keep doing the same thing over mm-hmm. and over again and expect a different outcome? Yeah, exactly, which is the definition of insanity, right? Exactly. That's the thing. America wasn't great because it had might. America was great because it had a constitution that was put in that was truly groundbreaking from a people's yes. point of view. Yes, it, was. it put in laws and began building a society that looked after the we, the people, which no one else had. And it was about we, the people, and building them up, which built the middle class, built all the structure that made America great. That's how America became great, is because they had truly breakthrough ideas and they truly helped people at all levels try and get somewhere. Now what's happened, of course, is you've got a plutocracy and the 1% own everything and they're squashing everyone down. We don't look at these things anymore. We go back to the old mantra of when it began to fail and go, well, if you don't agree, we'll squash you. Might is yeah. right. Anger's the right way. We can force you into it. That is when we began falling apart. It's when we weren't doing that and we were growing, uh, we the people, to have abundance and everything else and respect that made the country great. Well, it began falling about- apart when we went the other way. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and if you think about it, Martin, I think you said earlier about the United States being the most powerful nation on the earth right, right. now. So the reality is, is that when something that is really, really working and for, as you said, we the people, that's phenomenal. But what happens when 
we mess it up. That is just as phenomenal on the negative side, which brings us back to the concept of it's really important in this day, probably more so now than ever, Mm -hmm. to ensure that people are being self-sovereign, coming from your individual for the greater good, Mm -hmm. not individual from a segmented or segregated point of view, but Mm -hmm. looking at the greater whole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. When you first begin to embrace the concept of being your sovereign self, your authentic self, it doesn't mean that this is going to happen overnight. No. So don't expect that today I don't have any problems, but if I'm my, my authentic self by tomorrow, I'll have a vision that will heal the world. Right. It's not quite as simple as that. No. The problems that we've created are far more complex. Right. And this is why I say start small. Don't start with the big things. <laughs> it yeah. takes a long time to get here. Yes. Yeah. It's going to so take us a long time to move take, forward. That's yes. right. It, but it, there is a certain amount of urgency involved mm-hmm. in that, as I've said before, sure. earlier in the, in the program. This will be, in my estimation, the final election between the old paradigm and when the new paradigm kicks in. In four years' time, the world will have changed so dramatically it is imperative that we begin to have the vision of what kind of a world we're going to have in four years. Mm-hmm. Yes. Pursuit of happiness and we the people. If we get back to those grass political roots, or mm-hmm. sorry, people roots, we could change so much because we've forgotten that it's it's not about we the people. It's about me, 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 or us, us, right. us, or this group, that group. And how do we get to be superior to someone yeah. else? And it's, how not, do- it's not about that. Exactly. And when, I, when you say, Martin, we, I think of the cumulative we, mm-hmm. as opposed to yeah. we, they, them, their, us. Yeah. That's so segmented that it's just not working. No, it isn't. These are all old paradigm systems. Yes. These are all the illusions of the old paradigm finally falling away because people are beginning to clearly see through them. This is what the Armageddon was all about, was the lifting of the veil. Of, of, of illusions mm-hmm. and the time of illusions is over it has been for some time it's just that the rest of the world is taking its sweet time getting to the point where they're recognizing that yeah. and truth be told ron for many as the awakening begins it's very scary or can be uh, very yes. scary because you're now saying oh i am now going to open myself up to actually hear to your point, Martin, about freedom of speech, actually hear a point of view that I would not let enter my life ever before. Wow. Is that not a huge shift for everything that I believe in or I may believe in? Yeah. And let's face it, the whole concept of the awakening is not new. This was not started yesterday. No, no. It's been on now for quite some time. So those who are just now beginning the process of awakening and i'm running into quite a few at work who are really fascinated with some of the stuff that i talk about and want to know more these people are absolutely brand new to this they have no idea and yet they are also aware as they move into the awakening that it was always presented it was always here all along and there are aspects of themselves that feel guilty that they didn't awaken sooner and that they blame themselves for being the last ones on on board well, and that's where self-love and forgiveness comes into play. Yes. I mean, Ron, yes. you yes. are a huge proponent of saying you've been doing this for 40-some odd years, which amazes yep. me because I think <laughs> we're soon going to celebrate your sweet 16th. So, you know, I, it, it, it's, it's kind of flabbergasting for me. But you often are 
incredibly honest and humbling to say there is still so much more to learn. So for those that are just awakening, if you're out there and you're listening and thinking, wow, it's only been a day, a week, couple of hours, couple of months, couple of years, just say, yay, congratulations. I'm awakening. Hello, that's, that's awesome. Treat it like you do any other discovery. If you've been trying to figure out how to build something and you don't know how it quite goes together and you want to build it, and it's something you've always wanted to build, but you can't quite figure it out, and all of a sudden one day you have that aha moment, you go, of course, that's the way to do it. Hopefully you don't go back and go, oh, I've been an idiot for three years. Oh, the stupid thing and kick it across the room. Hopefully you go, aha, build it and go, wonderful, thank you. And celebrate it. Celebrate celebrate it. it. That's that's where you should move into. And for those of us who have been speaking about this to various people who have been refusing it, when they do finally come on board and their awakening begins, don't fall into the error of saying, I told you so. No. Oh, goodness, no. That that will completely derail not only their progress, but yours as well. (laughs) And I I actually think, Ron, I love that term, I told you so, Mm. because I actually think that, how do I put this? How can one say, I told you so? That would almost mean I knew it all. And I would challenge anyone out there that actually knows it all. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it also says yeah. to the person who's learning, you stupid idiot, why didn't you right. learn faster? Right. You know, I've been telling you this. Why didn't you pay attention and yeah. slap them upside the head? And actually, I firmly believe that everyone gets to a point on their journey at exactly the right moment yes. to get there. It, if it so, could have been so any I other way, so. if, yeah. if it could have been any other way with that person, it would have been. Right. Everything is divinely in in divine synchronicity, and yes. their awakening couldn't have happened any earlier. So just simply be there in support. Give them a hug. Yes. Go. And wow. Give, and give yourself Welcome a hug. Welcome on board, boy. If you like learning, you're gonna love this. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's, there's an awful lot of new stuff. But I've been learning, especially with the freedom teachings and the high theoretically proposed metaphysical metaphysics and, and, and the theories behind all of the freedom teachings. There is a huge amount of understanding that we are on the verge of presenting. And even if half of what is being exposed now by major whistleblowers with regards to the secret space program and what we've actually got going for us physically and teleportation that's already here, this is just a minuscule amount of what exactly is on the horizon for us. So when I say to people, envision the best vision that you can possibly dream of right now and then multiply that by a thousand, Mm. (laughs) this is where we're heading. Yeah. So it may feel a little bit scary because Earth will actually jump, make a jump in time of about anywhere from four to 5,000 years. The, the technology will absolutely blow people's minds with regards to what is on the verge of being released, right. which is why in some cases they're saying we should have a partial disclosure and reveal some of this new technologies and, and what it is that we're actually doing gently and slowly, whereas there are some people that are saying, no, 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 we don't have time for that any longer, and we need to reveal it now in order to to deal with the people who were behind not wanting to give it at all and removing them from power because they will continue to influence the whole debt slavery system of the Anunnaki financial system uh, that we have 
we have going on the planet. And we need to change it. That's one of the major changes that we will need to embrace as we move towards a non-money situation where it's not the bottom line isn't how much money you make, but how happy you are. Now, here, here's the interesting thing on all that. Everyone, as we said, is still in the past and they're still trying to solve old problems and old paradigms with... With illusions, yes. With illusions and old thinking. What everyone is missing heavily at the moment, you just hit the nail on the head, is that everyone's looking at all the problems we have and they're trying to solve them in the same old way. Yes. Oh, they blame them more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's these people's fault or that person's fault. And in the background, and most people don't even realize it, are all these technologies and pieces of information that can be used to immediately virtually solve all of those problems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So none of those problems are really a problem if we just begin focusing on what is there that we can use in reality, what is there that people don't know about that we can use right. to solve these problems. So we're going back to the minutiae again and picking on this and picking on that. And as I always say, it's worrying about lighting that candle on your coffee table and will it fall over? Meanwhile, the drapes on the room behind you have just lit up in flames and half the house is going down. <laughs> you know, you're, you're focused on that candle, but the right. house is burning down behind you. It's the same thing with the information. We have all this burning information behind us that's so huge. We're focusing on the candle. Mm -hmm. and, and, it, and it's sad. And I agree with you, Martin. And I think this is a key time as we progress through these next several, well, several months and, and beyond. Ooh. But that is listening to your intuition. Oh, yeah. Check in. Check in. <clears throat> How many times I, I I've personally have checked in and checked out and thought, oh, gee, I really should listen to that. So I encourage our listeners, check in with your intuition, whether it's in your belly, in your fingertip, left temple or your right temple, wherever it happens to be, check in with it yeah. and listen to it and synchronicity. And I encourage people to start watching as time unfolds, the synchronicity in your life. And I'll, I'll, this is going on. Yes. And I'll remind people that your intuition was created as an antidote to the limitations of the ego mind ego, and its linear yes. thinking. Your intuition is the conduit that jumps the mutations in the fourth DNA strand and allows your higher stations of identity, your soul, your oversoul, your avatar, and your, your Rishi self, these are all platforms of identity that you already are aware of in these upper dimensions. They have a wealth of wisdom to give you, and all you have to do is open to what comes through your intuitive yes. mind. Yes, this yes. is not the time to dismiss. Well, and it's not the time to give in to the ego, ego. mind and the emotions right. evolved. Right. And the ego will tell you, oh, you can't trust your intuition. It'll lead you down you know, a horrible path. Right. It's like many people would say, you can't trust the heart. The heart will burn you in the end. Mm -hmm. no? mm -hmm. And meanwhile, the, it's from usually that advice is from somebody who has never had the profound event or situation where their heart or their intuition has assisted them. They've never right. even allowed that to happen. Right. And as you've always said, Ron, that's your ego leading to you to the infamous word, fear. Yes. False expectations appearing real. That's correct. And they are not. Because no. the ego is overemphasized on its own survival because we've given it so much power that it's actually almost gone insane with the, with the amount of power because it's incapable of dealing or handling the type of power which you as a sovereign individual will begin to embrace. Mm -hmm. These yep. are godlike powers that the ego is ill-equipped to be able to handle. 
and we continue to want it to handle it for us. We tell it, go open the mail, go read the mail, and then tell me what course of action you're going to take. And it's like telling that to a, a two-year-old child. It, it's no wonder that he, the ego is steeped in fear. He, it's incapable of doing what we've asked it to do. Right. And as that starts to happen, and Martin, maybe I'll help me out here because I might be a little off base. I believe it was in the Neil Donald Walsh course that we took when Neil talked about fear and fear overcoming and your ego coming into place to keep you in line and to protect you. Mm -hmm. I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was in that course that Neil talked about embrace your fear, embrace your ego, and talk to your ego, and let your ego know we're in this together. Face it head on. And I think it was almost like a conversation with, hey, ego, and I'm probably getting this wrong, so Martin, correct me, Mm -hmm. that kind of says, hey, ego, we're in it together. I understand you're here to protect me, and I need your help in a fight or flight if I'm in danger. Mm -hmm. But let's pursue this a little bit further, but we're in this together. We're both going to be okay. The only way you will understand the fears is if you confront them, if you ask them, if you dialogue with your ego and its fear. And usually the ego doesn't want to know what the fear is. It just knows it doesn't like the feeling. All right. And it, it does not want, it would rather have that fear and the real reason why it's feeling that buried in behind. It doesn't want to face that. But the moment you engage with your ego and you begin to look at it, you're the ones, you're the observer. Once the observer starts to look and it finds the answer, and then, as I said, it's false evidence appearing real. When you actually see the illogic behind the fear and you're with your ego, the chances that your ego will embrace the understanding. You see, the ego just just wants to live. It just it doesn't right. want to be annihilated. When you are asking the ego to look at these fears, that's what it's thinking you're asking it to do, is that you're asking it to kill itself, that somehow it's going to result in its death. So it doesn't want to go down that route. So if you engage with the ego yeah, and it, let it know that you're going to be bringing the ego along because right. you still need your ego. Your ego Absolutely. does serve a function. Spirit, when it first began to incarnate, without the ego, they think they could fly and they jump off a cliff and they die. And there's a little, right. whoops, exactly. whoops, you know, that's, and that's, it's like, oh, I made a mistake here. Fight or flight, yeah. E- exactly. So there is a functionality that the ego does serve in a three-dimensional physical world. Yes. So we need to bring it along. The only way to do that is by encouraging that dialogue, I think, with your ego to find out what exactly its fear is. And then once you recognize what the fear is, you can help it realize it's an illusion. It's not real. Let's move this way instead. Yes. And you're right. Got just of what Neil said there. One of the things he's always said is that the path of the soul does not require suffering. But he also said, walk side by side with your fear. Part of that is, yes, recognize it, look at it, bring your ego in, and let your ego run when it comes to Mm self-preservation. He said, let your ego do what it's supposed to do, but then connect with your soul, connect with your higher self. And that's what we're talking about, the intuition and the heart. When you do both, you become whole, because the other way, you're just going in to ego. And as it's always said about the subconscious mind and the ego, your mind only records everything it's seen or heard of or experienced. It does not know the future. It does not know quite often how to deal with new information that is contrary 
to everything it has seen in the past. It automatically falls back to what it knew only. Mm -hmm. And when you fall back on what you know only from the past, then it's again, as we keep saying, you're trying to solve this problem with the same old solutions. That's what your ego moves you into. So you mm -hmm. have to move to your higher mm -hmm. self, your soul, your intuition, your heart, and have it come in and go, how would this deal with it? But then you have to look at the ego and go, ah, see, this will work this way and it'll work well for both of us. And you actually can talk to yourself that way and say, let's do this as a whole being. Right. And bring the ego into it. Yeah. And, exactly. and I know for our listeners, that probably sounds like we're standing here in front of a mirror mm. talking to ourselves. And <laughs> I just want to stress that we are not. Although we, we might be oh, doing some oh, mirror reflection. I'll put the mirror away then. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> we might be doing some Louise Hay positive affirmations in the mirror, which I also support. But I think if I heard you correctly, Martin, it was about when your soul and your ego are compartmentalized. Yes. Mm -hmm. And when you feel that, it's when you bring it together. It could be through thinking about it. It could be through meditation. And when I say meditation, that could be through uh, a mantra meditation or just walking, getting out wherever makes you feel comfortable. It makes you feel like you can just sit and relax and let everything just flow into you. You will start to feel that compartmentalization and then you can bring it all together. Here's another interesting idea. If we are attempting to develop a healthy ego and to bring it along. Mm -hmm. How often do we actually praise the ego when in fact it has done something to save us from harm? True. Good True. point. Like we don't ever, we don't say, oh my God, ego, you, you know, you just saved me from burning my hand here that you, you made me jump and you be, I became aware of a dangerous situation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's what Neil Donald Walsh, I think was saying. He said, recognize the ego, bring it in. Mm -hmm. Tell it, tell your ego you love it, and it's part of who yes. you are. Yeah, and right. it's not that you want to get rid of it. I mean, the ego has gotten such a bum rap these, yeah. these last decades that it's time we at least begin to praise it for, for the good that it actually can do. Yes. So if I can answer that, because Ron, you just got me thinking about that. I have to take a moment here, but you got me thinking about how often do I thank the ego? Mm -hmm. And my answer, my, my short answer to that is that I don't. Neither do I. But I, I also, I brought it in, yeah. but I also don't thank my soul. What I do is I thank what I believe in because in my believing, here's my thought process, and I'm not sure this makes any sense. Hmm. I look at it holistically. Okay. So I believe that the ego has a piece that says, do not walk out in front of that car that's racing down the street. Right. right. And I, I believe my soul from the perspective of I have something still to carry on in this space and time. Therefore, I'm still here. So I thank the greater. Now, that might be universe, God, what, whatever that looks like. But to me, I think of it as all-encompassing. I don't separate the two. I think of it as the two okay. are working together. So what you're going. But I think the global, if that makes any sense at all, yeah. I don't. I don't go. Oh, just, that was I'm that was an ego checkmark. That was a soul checkmark. I'm just wondering. It all depends, on my viewpoint, as to how separated you yes. you are from your ego in the first place. That's what I was okay. just going to say. The ego may not understand the whole just yet. 
with regards oh. to thinking, That's well, it might look at you and go, oh, that makes no sense. So that might not assist the ego in developing towards embracing the whole. There's a healing that has to happen with the ego, as far as I can see. And going from A to Z might not be the way that the ego will be able to heal. Interesting. Never thought of it that way. Thank you. I'll give so that thought. Giving your ego a thank you, it's almost like giving it an extra love charge. It will elevate it. Its, it's oscillation rates will begin to increase. And eventually, it will begin to expand its understanding as to what exactly it is in its function. And eventually, once it's healed, that higher concept, it will, be, it will naturally blend in with that higher concept and become one with it. And it goes right back to that basic. Love heals all. Mm-hmm. Yes. Send love to your ego. It can't yes. but accept it as something good. Right. Because every part of us knows that love is the center of who we are and cre- all creative energy. So as soon as you send something love, there's there's no way it can cause harm. Well, I'm not I'm entirely convinced on that point. I still think that there are some egos out there that are very, very damaged. And even the slightest amount of love, their hackles go up because they know it's a threat. Uh, well, here's the thing. What I'm getting I, at there is I yeah. still think it'll help heal. Because you can go to a person and show them love and they'll go, what the F do you want? You're just after something. And that may be true and that may be how they react. Mm -hmm. But over time, that will change. So it's not an instant thing. Repetition. For for an ego that is severely damaged, just sending it love Mm. that its environment, its enveloping environment is radiating at a quicker oscillation. It doesn't necessarily mean that the ego has to accept it, but eventually it's, it's through sympathetic vibration. It will be, it will eventually break down the resistances that the ego might have. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't it, you're not force feeding anything. You can no. take a, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Is right. Yeah. Yeah. All I'm saying is it may take time. It may take but time. But over time, it will it shift. Will, it will assist, yes. Yeah. And then you can't have expectations either. No. Because you might not be successful in this lifetime. It may take a, right. a devastated ego a number of incarnations before it realizes that that aspect of the personality realizes it, it's got to let go of the fear that has been expressed in that ego in various lifetimes. It may take a number of lifetimes before that aspect of itself gets healed. Yes, no, exactly. Well, and this is no different than if we talk about our our human beings in this space and time. Mm -hmm. If you are hurt, injured, offended, feel slighted, how long does it take you as an individual in this space and time Mm -hmm. to get over it, to work through it? If If you think that we're all, and again, it goes back to, We're all these little cells. We've got ego, we've got soul, we've got everything all coming together. So understanding that if, put it in terms of this space and time, Mm. how long does it take us to get over something? Mm. If someone irks me, how long will it take? Mm. Someone upsets me, how long will it it, take? It's a key barometer as to how much you are moving towards your sovereign self, that's for sure. Exactly, exactly. And an idea is much easier to embrace than an emotion. Mm-hmm. Ideas, yes. you can change an idea almost instant, instantaneously. Ideas are electrical in nature and are very, very fast, whereas emotions are magnetic and they take a lot longer. So sometimes when you change your idea about something, 
your emotional body may take a little longer to catch up. Yep. Right. And, and it comes back to what I talked to initially about your emotional positivity coming from within and finding that centered place mm-hmm. where you're actually emulating positivity. Yes. It doesn't mean you bury your head in the sand. We have all known people that are incredibly negative, and I'm sure I, for myself, have been negative at times. But ultimately, if you bring that positivity into your individuality, mm-hmm. then it helps to emulate out far quicker. Yes, just remember, what you're feeling is, is in the moment. So you can always feel in the moment wonderful. You don't have to wait till tomorrow to feel wonderful. Yes. Exactly. And you know, that brings us right back to the focus of the program, which is focus on the positive. Yes. <laughs> and one thing I wanted to say about focusing on the positive, it, it isn't focusing on the positive for the sake of focusing on the positive. It is a very selfish move in many ways. And I mean that in the good sense, in that it will bring benefits into your life. But when you do it as a group collective like humanity, it also brings benefits to everyone's life, including yours. Because you may be in a good job, may have money, you may have a good relationship, but you walking down the street at night may just may be mugged just like anyone else. So unless you bring the positivity out to all of humanity, so that no longer occurs and everyone's in that space in a sense, mm-hmm. you don't get the full benefit. So it is selfish, but it has to be selfish on the humanities front as well mm-hmm. as your own because they both work in tandem with each other. And I, I wanted to add, because I know we don't have just a couple of minutes here, that for those who are Trump supporters, I challenge you this week to begin to think of a vision, think of a future. Yes, if you're a Trump supporter, there's a lot of the darkness and, and the wrong that we see in politics that we want to change. But we also need to begin to look at what it is that we want to see. So I challenge you all to begin to start creating a vision. Talk amongst yourselves even. Uh, Start dialoguing. If it's not coming from Mr. Trump himself, then dialogue with other people and then present that idea to him Mm -hmm. as a Mm -hmm. vision. Lovely. What what kind of a world do we want to see? And we have an opportunity in November to begin that world. Yes. Because we talk forever about what type of world we like to see with peace and harmony. But are we going there? What, it's, it's what, does that, yeah, what does that mean? What, yeah. When we say peace and harmony, how that? do you envision that? What, what aspects of, of society do you see? How do you see people being in joy, for instance, as opposed to in sorrow and in fear and in rage? Exactly, yes. Good. And yes, that is, it does bring us down to probably about a minute or so. I shouldn't say that because I'm always off on my timing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very true. So yes, I like that challenge. Figure out where you want to go, figure out your vision, figure out what you would see as a grander world on all fronts. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what front it is, whether it's with your neighbors, whether it's with your next country, whether it's with countries overseas, with your work, whatever. It doesn't matter. Bring it all in and say, what should it all look like? Mm-hmm. Don't, don't worry about whether you can figure out how to get there tomorrow. Just look at that ideal and then begin looking at things that don't fit within that ideal. Exactly. Now, we are a couple of minutes from the end of the program. I think I have the time, right? So on tonight's program, one of the things that we talked about a lot was focus on the positive. And one of the reasons that works so well, and I think a lot of us have heard it time and again, 
is that, as we said earlier, when you focus on the positive, you bring positive energy back to yourself and everything you do. And positive energy, when you bring it back to yourself, gives you happiness, joy, abundance, health, and a lot more. Whereas focusing on the negative just brings you stress and worry and anger. And stress and worry and anger are one of the biggest killers of people in today's society because stress begins to break down the immune system. It also begins to break down some of your other structures, your nervous system. It causes your brain to be less functional than it would normally be. Stress and worry and fear are harmful to us, not only on a mental basis, but on a physical basis. And they also block us on a spiritual basis so that we're not getting the creative energy we need in to use in order to create what we wish to create in our lives. So in a nutshell, positivity is the route to solve our problems. And of course, positivity comes out of the center of who we are, our heart, which is our love center. So the question is, why do you want to do yourself harm? Move away from negativity, move into positivity, and you can avoid a lot of the harms that come to us in our lives on multiple levels. So don't ever forget, when you go into negativity, all it does is cause you harm. And why would you want to do that? So with that, thank you everyone for listening in once again. We do very much appreciate it, and we know we can get a bit controversial on times and <laughs> we do that on purpose because we are trying to bring awareness and consciousness into people's minds so thank exactly. you thank you very much and have a wonderful week send you much love folks have an amazing week thank you for listening to the sovereign self we will be back with another show that will celebrate the beauty and perseverance of you and your sovereign self if you would like more information or to send questions to Martin, Karen or Ron, please go to their Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash Sovereign Self. See you next week.